um, episode number uh, 50 for season two. Um, you know, there's been, you know, I told you guys that this would be a very different season um, in a different phase of the podcast because, you know, there's been more interviews and uh, different things like that. And that's probably what the podcast is mostly going to be from here on out with some changes here and there. Um, but, um, yeah, I haven't done, I haven't done a Q&A in a long time. So, um, you guys have been, you guys have been sending me questions. I just haven't really been answering them publicly. Um, so, uh, here we go. Um, number one, how has your health been? How are you mentally after your traumatic experience? Um, my health, my health has really been, it's really been great, honestly. The only thing that I can really complain about, and even then I don't complain about because it's, it's pretty minor based off what I went through and just how quickly I've recovered. But, um, I, uh, I still have some neuropathy in my feet, but other than that, I'm great. Um, I'm really doing well. Um, I'm laughing. I'm able, you know, I'm running, um, exercising. Um, I'm not quite I'm not back to where I was before I got sick because during that time I was lifting, you know, I was going to the gym and lifting weights. Um, but I'm still, I'm still in a great, I'm still in a great place physically. So I'm doing well in that, in the physical sense, mentally, um, I've definitely, I've definitely changed for sure. My whole perspective on the fragility of life is definitely different. Um, I have less fear, I would say. Um, I don't think I was a very fearful person before, but now, you know, I just, I, I'm just someone who's like, okay, you know what, there's something that I want to do, I'm going to go for it. Because, you know, tomorrow's not promised to anybody. And you can be here today and gone tomorrow. I could have easily have died in, you know, my sleep if I had just gone to bed that night. So I've definitely changed mentally. Um, I'm in a, I'm in a much stronger place mentally. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm really great. Um, two, what is it like being in a coma? Um, let let me say this. Uh, for those of you who don't know, I was in a coma. I was in, you know, the coma lasted three days. Um, here's the thing. Comas are different for, for everybody. If everyone were to go through a coma, they would all have a different experience. Mine... I really had a, I couldn't really have a grasp of, um, time. I didn't know how, how much time was passing. It felt like I was in a coma for a month. I told you guys, I don't know if I did, but I think I did. Uh, I was like in this dark room, um, where I could hear voices, but there were, I couldn't see anything. And it was like I was in this chair, but I couldn't get out of the chair. And it was, it was like a, it was like a dream, but it was just a horrific dream. And it was like, you know, cause I really just wanted to leave this place, but I couldn't for some reason. Um, but it, it felt like I was in a coma for about a month, but it turned out it was only three days. So, um, yeah, it's that, that's kind of, it's really difficult to describe. Um, I've been getting this question a lot and it's really, I, I really can't give a good answer because what one person experiences is not going to be what another person experiences. Um, and sometimes there are similar similarities, 
But for me, it was, um, I couldn't have a, I couldn't hold on to my, um, concept of time. I didn't know how much time was passing. Um, when I came out of the coma, I don't really recall the time I actually came out. Um, I didn't know where I was. I, I did some hallucinating when I came out. Um, I was scared. I didn't really want to fall asleep. Um, just, just a lot of things. It's, it's really, it's really difficult to describe. Um, yeah, that's what I would, that's what I would say. It's, it's, it's scary though. It's scary. It's, uh, yeah, that, that I, that I can say. Uh, number three, if, and again, if that, I've been getting this specific question from a lot of you. Um, so I hope that answers your question. Of what it's like, it, that's really the best I can do in, ter- in terms of an explanation. Uh, obviously, I don't want I don't want you guys to go through that. Um, it's not fun. It's not something that you want to you know have on your bucket list and check it off. Um, but it's it's definitely an experience that uh, will definitely change your life. Um, number three, how did you feel about uh, Ahmad Arbery's um, murder? Now, see, here's the thing. Um, there's, there's, I'm going to be honest. When it comes to the case, I don't know. There are some people who say, oh, it's, you know, just blatant racism. And it's like, well, here's the thing. Cases like this are rarely, they are very rarely that cut and dry. Now, I will say this. Based off the evidence that I've seen in the articles that I've read, um, he should not be dead. But, there were some, there were some things that he was doing before he died that he probably shouldn't have been doing. Um, this, this really hasn't circulated, but there is a, there's a video and, um, Ahmad is on a, he's on a, um, he's on a, he's at, he's at, he's at some private property that it's under construction and he walks into the house. Um, it's, it's a house and it's, it's good on the outside, but on the, uh, you know, the inside it's under full reconstruction and it's just, it's just really weird. He, he just, he was, again, he should not be dead. Um, uh, the McMichaels who killed him, the, the very most that they should have done, the very most would be to follow him and see where he goes. But, um, they were overzealous. They should not have killed him. Um, it was not cold blood because they did not, you know, it, it just, it, it, it wasn't cold blood. And I don't think it was an act out of racism. That's not what I believe. Um, cause, and also you can't really, you can't really prove, um, that something is racist. You can't do that. That's pretty hard to do. I, I should say impossible. But, um, I, I can't say that for certain. Um, he should not be dead. How do I think it's going to turn out with their case, the McMichael's case? They may go manslaughter or negligent homicide. That that's that's what I think. Um, but yeah, they if I I don't think that they're going to be. Um, I don't think that they're I don't think that they're going to be uh, acquitted. Um. Yeah, I do think that they will spend some time in prison. 
that's what I that's what I do believe. Um, okay, number four. How did your COVID antibody test turn out? Um, yeah, so it came back negative. But again, I want to say that just, and I explained this before when I told you guys that I was taking it. Um, just because it comes back negative does not mean that I don't, that I didn't have it. Because remember, they are looking for antibodies and sometimes antibodies are not formed within a person. So of course it would come back negative because it's saying, oh, you don't have any antibodies. Um, but again, that does not mean that I didn't have it. Um, and I'm, I'm going to be honest with you guys. I was hoping that I did test positive because that would have told me what happened in December. That would give me a bigger picture. Cause you guys know that the, that the whole flu explanation to me just didn't really work out. Um, yeah, so. That's really what I wanted wanted to say concerning that. I was hoping that it came back positive because that would make that would help me explain what happened in December. Um, but you know, it it came back negative. So, yeah. Um number 5, how is your book coming along? It's coming it's coming along. It's a it's a grueling process. Um it's not easy to work on, for sure. Um, it's, it's, it's tiring and there are days where I, I do not want to touch it. There are days where I don't even want to think about it. There are days I don't even want to look at it. Um, it's, it's, it's difficult. Um, but I know that this is a necessary work and I know that this is part of, um, I know that this is part of, um, my purpose, my reason for living. Um, cause I, you know, I want to see, I want to help other people beat um, porn addictions and, you know, show just how dangerous porn really is. So when I think back to that, it really helps. But, um, the book is coming along. Um, I don't know if I'm going to make my, the goal that I had of doing it by summer because, um, I have to do, I have to do some other stuff for, uh, my church, um, uh, where's, where we are revamping our, our youth ministry. And, and I'm involved in that and that'll take some time away from my, um, from my book writing and my, uh, my other projects. So it's, it's a, it's a lot right now, but, um, it's coming along. Um, yeah, so it's, it's, it's coming, but, uh, I, I don't want to give a date. I don't want to give a date. I don't think it's going to take me, you know, years to write. Um, but see, the hard part is, is I'm learning and researching so much. And it's like, there's a lot that I want to put in the book. And it's like, oh man, well, should I put this in? Should I just hold this out? And it, it's, it's really a lot that I want to share. I mean, I, I have about, I probably have about, three, almost 400 pages worth of information, um, aside, and I, that's, that's without, you know, you know, sharing the sources that I have and, you know, you know, formatting that stuff. So it's really a lot. Um, and I, I'm, I'm not even done. I'm, I'm really, 
Cause see, cause see, the thing is, I, I, I've dug so much into this topic and I've, um, really researched this and I've, I've learned, again, I've never been in the industry, but I've, I've done a lot of research concerning the industry and I've read a lot of studies and I've done a lot of annotating and it's, it, it is a lot. So along with continuing to write, there's also trying to slim it down and stuff like that. So it's quite a bit. It is, it is a big project. I want, see, I want to keep, I want to have the book. I want to keep it short. Cause that's, that's really what I want it to be, but I, I don't know yet. Um, but that, that was kind of, I, that was really meandering right there, but, um, it's coming along. It's coming along. Okay. Um, Number six, do you believe that society will ever go back to normal? In some ways, yeah, I, I do. But in some ways, no, I like for one, um, handshaking. I think that's, I think that's a thing of the past. Um, I, here's the thing. What, when I say, when we say normal, what does that mean? Because, because the truth, like, here's the thing. I, I don't know what normal really is. And do I think, I think, I think in some ways we will go back to normal. Um, for example, I think, you know, basketball, football, um, you know, kids are going to go back to school. People are going to go back to their, go back to work. Um, I, I, I do think that there will be some normalcy that returns, but I do think that there will be things like, you know, restaurants where I think they may change how they do business. I think when it comes uh for rest when it comes time for restaurants, restaurants that haven't that have not been created yet and are, you know, you know, they have blueprints and stuff like that and they want to go into business, I think what's going to happen is that new restaurants, what they're going to do, they are going to be much bigger than we're used to. And it's going to be a lot more spacious, but there's still only going to be about the same number of tables to have that space. That's what I think will, will take place. Um, just, just in that area. But I, I think we will get back to normal in some sense. Um, you know, when it comes to, to, um, dating and, social gatherings, um, I, I, I don't know, I, I really, I really don't know, I, I, I think we'll adjust, I think there will be some things that we do hold on to, but I think that there will be other things where we will use, ex- we will use this experience and learn from it and say, okay, well, you know what, let's, uh, instead of, we used to do that, uh, let's try to not do that, you know, um, I, I, I don't know, but that, that's, that's what I think, um, it, it, it's really tough. We're, we're going to be figuring this out for a while. I, I really do believe that. Okay. Uh, oh my gosh. Uh, number seven, uh, how has your online dating experience been going? So I, I did online dating. Um, I did, I did it for a little bit. I did it for probably a little bit over a little over a month. Um, here, it's not really for me, guys. I just, and now again, I, here's the thing. I may give it another try when all this is over. Cause there are a lot of people who I came, 
who I came across and it's like, okay, I'm just on here to pass the time and stuff like that. Um, I don't, I don't know. It's, it's kind of what I expected it to be. Um, I will say this online dating. It's not my thing. It's not, I don't think it's ever going to be some, I don't think that's how I'm going to meet whoever, because that's just not one of my strong, that's not my forte at all. Um, you know, I, I'm not photogenic. I don't take good pictures. Um, to me, it's about when it's, when it comes to in-person conversation, that's when things really, really work, um, kind of in my favor. So, um, it, it, it was, it was definitely interesting. I may give it another, I may give it another go, um, when this is over, but it, it really, it really depends. Um, but it, it's definitely, it's definitely been interesting. Um, there's, <laughs> there's, I, I gotta share this story with you guys. It's, it's so ridiculous. There was this, uh, <laughs> there was this one, uh, woman who, um, she lived in a different state and she reached out to me and she said, oh, you know, you're, you know, you're pretty, you're pretty cute. Um, would you, <laughs> Would you want to be involved in a threesome? And I said, like, I w- first of all, I was shocked because that's first of all, I was like, okay, this this is not real. Like, this this is a joke. But she was she was actually serious, and it was so ridiculous because this lady. And again, I wasn't going to do it, but I was. I just wanted to see where this would go. And I said, okay. I said, well, would you be willing? I'll just say, okay, it, it's, she's in Texas, all right, which doesn't really help you guys that much, but this woman, um, was in Texas, and I said, okay, well, you want me to come out there, and he, here's why she wanted a threesome, because she wanted another kid, she wanted another child, and she wanted it to be from a black guy, so she wanted to have a threesome with two black guys, but she didn't want to know who the father was. Why? I don't know. But she's, I thought she was just a really selfish woman. Um, she was kind, she was kind of good looking. I'll, I will give her that. But it was like, you gotta be kidding me, lady. And I said, okay. I said, say I wanted to do this. So you'd be willing to pay for my flight there and my flight back. And she was, she was like, why would I do that? And I was like, and I was like, because you are asking me to go to, you're asking me to go to where you are, give you, you know, my sperm, and I may or may not be the father of your child if you do indeed get pregnant, and then come back to California. Uh, yeah, that, yeah, and, she, and she's like, She's like, no, you're just a donor. And it's like, it's like, lady, do you know? And I, I had to flip it on her. I said, okay, let's put it this way. Let's say I'm the one who wanted the threesome. And I reached out to you. I came across your profile and I said, oh, she's pretty hot. And I reach out to you and I say, okay, I want you to come, leave Texas for a little bit. I want you to come to California. I want you to come to my home. You don't know me at all. You just know me. You just know 
you just know this profile. You don't need, I don't even know, you know, you don't even know if it's a, a real person or anything like that. I want you to leave Texas, come to California. You participate in a threesome with an unknown, with two unknown people. And then you fly back. You're saying that you would, you would cover the cost of that. And she said, well, I might, which are, which she wouldn't because no one with brains would do that. No one is, no one's, no one is taking a flight like that for free at the very, and I said, listen, lady, at the very least, I said, you're just being, you're being flat out selfish and inconsiderate. And I know I'm taking a long time on this answer, but this is, this, this really just, this was just such an experience. Oh my God. Um, but I was like, I was like, lady, at the very least, the least you can do is offer to pay for both of my flights. You want me to come out there. And I said, and I said, if it were me, if it were me, and I wanted to have sex with a girl, forget threesome, just if I want to have sex with a girl and I wanted, you know, I, and she was from another state, the least I would do is cover her transportation to, to come to where I am and to go back to where she lives. That's what I would do at the very least. And it was, it was just a mess, but it was, it was really hilarious. Um, yeah, but that was, that was very interesting. Um, yeah. Okay. So that was that experience. Number eight, I hold the same belief as you, uh, when it comes to blaming China for this outbreak, but I feel like a racist. How do I not feel like this? Well, you know, um, I'm glad you're being honest with yourself. And again, you're not being racist. Here's why. You're not attacking the, you're not attacking Chinese people. You're not, you're not attacking them because of their race. You are looking at them and saying, okay, you have policies that are just simply bad ideas and lead that led to the cause of this to happen. You have these wet markets that are just disease ridden and just absolutely filthy and disgusting so it is not it's not a matter of, of race it's it's a matter of not liking this idea that caused this enormous problem it has nothing to do with the fact that they're yellow it has nothing to do with the fact that you know that that has, that has nothing to do with it it's like again it's like this it, here's the house analogy or metaphor or whatever. If you have a leak in a certain part of your house, okay, that means that that part of the roof, there's a problem there. What do you need to do? You need to go address the problem, analyze the problem, look and see, okay, what's causing it, what's going on, and then you fix the problem. It's not that the, It's not that you hate that part of the house. It's that this is causing a problem. Let's fix this so it doesn't happen again and things don't get worse. So you need to look at it like that. You're not you're not a racist. It's just it's 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 just very simple. This the Chinese Communist Party did not 
um, did not take these matters into their own hands. They did not keep these wet markets shut down. And, you know, there were, you know, ordinary Chinese citizens who were who were involved in this and just, you know, eating and going to places that they should not have been going to. Okay, don't go to wet markets. Don't eat civets. Don't eat bats. Don't eat dogs. Don't eat cats. Don't eat these animals that you really have no business eating. So, so that's what it is. So don't look at it. Don't look at it as you being racist because you're not. It's not. It's not. It's not. It's not ethnicity. It's just ideas and principles and laws and practices that are taking place where you're just like, don't do that. Okay. So, um, yeah, do your best not to feel like that. I, it can be hard. And, you know, when you express that, because let me, let me tell you something. You, um, you know, I don't know if you've shared your, share this opinion with anybody else, you know, out loud. But, I mean, I've gotten a lot of, you know, I'm still getting quite a bit of kickback for my comments about that. And it's like, well, it's not racist. It's like if you really if you really just look at it, like take out take out race. If you just if you just say, okay, this this problem, look, it's 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 cause and effect. Here's the cause, this is the effect. Here's the cause, this is the effect. If you start to see a pattern of of cause A and then you have effect A, if you don't want effect A, which is you know, disease and viruses and infection and pandemic and death and, you know, global economy shutdown. Okay, don't do what causes that. Don't do cause A. Okay, that's what it is. It has nothing to do with if they were black, white, Chinese, Japanese, you know, African, European, you know, Native American, whatever. It's just, it's about idea. This is about ideas and practices. That that's just not something that you. That's a bad idea, and that's something that you do not want to practice. All right. Hopefully, hopefully that helped you. Um, number nine. What is your opinion on Tara Reed's case? You know, uh, I'm I'm going to say this, man. Here's what I want. I you guys know that I don't like double standards. I don't like them, and it's like this: the way that Brett Kavanaugh and Donald Trump were treated, were treated, that's how Joe Biden should be treated. And it's like this: Tara Reid, again, if if she's lying and this is not true, she should be fried. It's that simple. And I shared this before that. There should be a statute of limitations. I'm not all for people because who's that? Who was that lady who like just accused Bill Maher of um, whispering that he had that he had a huge cock? And I'm just like, I'm like, what are we talking about here? You come out years later with 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 a baseless accusation. And it's like, okay, no. But that's how I feel about Tara Reid's case. I just want this, I want the same treatment for all parties involved. I want her to be seen the way Christine Blasey, 
uh, Blasey Ford was seen. Where you know where's you know where's the protest? Where's the Twitter outrage? Where is the cancel culture with Joe Biden? Where is that? Where's where's the you know the a bunch of questioning of Tar? I'm telling you, here's I just want the same thing. I don't want it to be a political thing because they say it's like okay if you say because here's the thing here's what Democrats here's what they've done to themselves they they made the rule believe women all right let's go with that let's let's just believe women let's just let's follow let's follow that game let's play that game here we believing the woman means. That what she says, we accept to be true. Which means that whatever she says, if, you, if we believe that to be true, that means Joe Biden, you, you, that means you believe that Joe Biden is guilty of doing those things. That's what that means. Well, what should happen to him? Well, gosh. Well, that's a totally, that's a whole nother question. That's a whole nother set of circumstances. And that's what we have, that's what we have to look at. I just want, I want the same thing. Because see now, Democrats, I think now they're looking at at this like, oh, well, this is kind of interesting. Maybe we shouldn't just believe women. Maybe we shouldn't just believe people. Maybe we should use due process. That's a pretty good idea. That's a pretty... That's a pretty solid idea. And again, you know... I've recently... I've recently started writing articles on... On Medium. Whenever I get the... Whenever I get the chance. Um, which... Which isn't really often. But I do like, you know... I do like publishing articles. It's it's a lot of fun. But I... You know, I address this. I said, okay... When you have this... When you say... Believe women. That's pretty sexist. That that is sexist. Because it's like this. What if it's like this? What if you had the the hashtag? What if you had the trend? What if you had the paradigm of hashtag believe men? That's that's just as viable as saying believe women. But it's like if you say, oh, believe oh, believe men. Oh, you're a sexist and you're part of the patriarchy. What? See, going by your own, going by those rules, it doesn't make sense and it falls apart very quickly. It's like, I mean, it's just, it's just stupid. It's, it's like, you know, I talked about how saying believe women and believe survivors is like, you know, it's like saying, you know, believe all pygmies, believe all you know, little people believe children believe blacks believe uh, queers. Just it like it 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 these these phrases just don't make any sense. And so that's what I'm saying. So I want the same thing to happen. What happened with Christine Blasey Ford and Brett Kavanaugh and all of that and Donald you know Donald Trump and the women who came against him. I want the exact same treatment. I want the exact same outrage. Be consistent. Because here's, here's the thing. I can disagree with you. 
But here's the thing: if you're consistent, I will apl- I will I will applaud you. Really, I may I may disagree wholeheartedly with you. But if you keep the same level of outrage and you keep the same reaction, regardless of political parties, regardless of creed, regardless of race, regardless of religion, if you keep the same principle and you practice the same thing, I will applaud you. And that's what I'm looking for. And that is not that's not happening right now. And again, again, we are in a pandemic and that is a factor. But I mean, even I mean, it's like this. This thing should still be seriously trending on Twitter. There's I, I mean, I can count the times on one hand where I've seen seen a post hashtag I stand with her hashtag I believe her hashtag believe all women hashtag I believe Tara Reid. I can count I can count on one hand the number of times I've seen that since. This came out. And you want to know what that number is? Zero. Okay. Number 10. If you could master any instrument, what would it be and why? Oh, that's easy. Um, piano, definitely. Um, because um, I think it's a really, I think it's a really romantic, um, I think it's a really romantic instrument and I find piano to be, it's pretty therapeutic for me. Like I, like there are times where I just like listening to piano music. Um, whether it's, you know, you know, rock, uh, classical, um, you know, you know, pop, whatever. I, I, piano music, I just like it. I, I love hearing the piano. So that's, if I can master any instrument and, that's probably one thing that I would do. I'm not really big on on um, expensive items, but the one thing that I do believe I would spend on um, when I when I have a home is um, a piano. I I believe I would buy a piano, and I think I would make myself learn it. Um, if not for my wife, for myself, because I I just I don't know. It's, it's, that, anyway, that's what I would do. Um, number 11, does dialysis hurt? Um, it doesn't, it does not. There's no, I didn't experience any pain. Um, you know, I was tired. It's a long process. You kind of sit there sometimes. You can, dialysis, dialysis can vary. You can sit there sometimes an hour, two hours, three hours. Some sessions can be up to like, you know, you know, like, 12 hours. I mean, they can really be long, but there's no pain, um, involved. Um, it's weird because you're seeing your blood go, you know, going in and out of your body. You can't really feel it, I would say. Um, you know, cause you're, you, cause usually you're just sitting while this is happening. Um, yeah, I, I, I yeah, there's no, there's no pain. You might get lightheaded when you stand up after you do it. Um, you might get lightheaded for a little bit. Um, but yeah, I mean, th- there, there's no pain. Um, okay. Uh, number 12. I have this crush, but he isn't getting any of my hints. Uh, he isn't getting my hints of my feelings for him. 
He's a lot like you with how he thinks and talks. What should I do? Well, uh, I'll, I'll tell you this. If he's like me, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say something about myself. I don't get, I don't get hints. Don't give, don't give me a hint. And I, I would say this. If you like him, seriously, go to him and say something. Because here's, he, he's not going to get it. If you, if you say he's like me, I can tell you. When it comes, when it comes to my own, uh, personal life, when it comes to my own experiences, I don't, I, I haven't caught hints. That's never been me. I, I, that's just, that's just not me. Guys, see, here's the thing. Guys are very simple. Guys are pretty dumb. Women are more complex. They're more subtle. Listen, ladies, don't do that. If, if there's a guy that you like, and he's and he's not showing any advantages to you. He it's possible he may like you. It is possible. But then again, you know, if you if you think if if you like him, say something and be direct. Don't don't give hints of saying, "Oh, we should hang out sometime." Go to him and just say, you know, "Hey, you know, I have, you know, I like you. I have feelings for you." Or, you know, whatever, but just be direct. Seriously. Cause I'm not, I'm not someone, I can't give hints myself. That's just, it's just never been me. I mean, if, if you, if you really, if you like them, I, I, I would go for it. I would, I would just, I would just, I mean, you can't see me in person now, but you know, FaceTime him, call him, and just say, just, Tell him how you feel. That that's that's honestly what I would do. That's what I would that's what I would want someone to do. Um. And again, I'm, ever since I came out of the, um, ever since I got out of the hospital and stuff like that, after I went through what I went through, um, one thing that I learned, and it's it's very interesting, but I no longer have a I kind of used to be apprehensive concerning approaching women that I didn't know. See here, see before, if there was a girl that I was interested in and I, and I had a reason to talk to her, I'd have no problem talking to her after going through what I went through last December. Approaching a girl is like nothing for me now. Now I haven't now again, I haven't done it. I, well, I should say when it comes to approaching a girl, you know, trying to like ask her or something like that when it comes to i haven't done that since i got in the hospital because i've most because mostly i was just recovering and stuff like that and then pretty soon bang you know quarantine hit but um like it doesn't like i don't get anxious about that i don't really think about that anymore because again life is short you don't know when it's going to go you don't know how long you have on this earth your time will come. Do it while you have the chance. And here's the, here's the thing. The worst that can happen is that he'll say no. Um, it's like, oh, you know, you know, I'm flattered, but, you know, I, you know, I, I don't feel the same way. 
And I mean, I'll say this. He will, res- he will respect you. If he does not return your feelings, he will respect you and be like, wow, she actually approached, she actually approached me and told me how she felt. So that, that's what I, that's what I would say. If, if I, if, if it were me, I would just go up to the person and just tell them. Cause, because you're only hurting yourself. Because here's the thing. The pain of regret is always worse than the pain of rejection. Because when when you have regret, you'll ne- you will never have known what happened. You'll you'll it, it's a scenario that never would have taken place, and you'll you may think about it just like, man, I wonder what would have happened. I wonder if I had tried out for the team. I wonder if I had asked that girl to dance with me. I wonder, you know, if I try to get you know his number. I wonder what would have happened if I applied for that job. I I wonder what might have been, what could have been. Those questions suck. Those are some of the worst questions ever. But that's what that's what I would do. I mean, I seriously, just go for it. And I know it's I know it's easier said than done, but I'm telling you, the pain of rejection is much greater than the pain um or I should say the pain of regret is much greater than the pain of rejection. I'm telling you. So just as Nike says, uh, you know, just do it. Um, what, where am I? Number 13, what are your plans, uh, for your education now? Um, so I'm not going back to Sacramento State. Um, what I plan to do, I plan to pursue a, um, you know, I'm going to do some audio, uh, learn some audio engineering, um, online. That's what I plan to do and then go from there because, you know, I want to get in, you know, as you guys know, I want to get into broadcasting. I want to do that. Um, and even if I'm like not the host, but just, you know, editing, researching, stuff like that. That's something that I do want to be involved in. That's something that I would do. So that's kind of where I'm going now. Um, I didn't do too much of anything um, at all um, because I wanted to see because I've had recent doctor's appointments. And, you know, my nephrologist, which, by the way, is a kidney doctor, he says that, you know, he said that my kidneys are back and they're, I fully recovered. Um, so I just kind of wanted to wait and see uh, what would happen with my, uh, you know, with my body and what their, what their recommendations were. And my, uh, my hematologist, the one I had the conversation with about, you know, COVID and you know, social distancing and all that. He suggested that I do schooling online. And that's that was his suggestion. So that's that was kind of my plan, but I just want to see, you know, how he felt about it. Um but anyway that those are my plans um in terms of education. Um great question. Number four by the way, all these have been great questions. You guys are you know you guys always, you know, bring them. Um yeah. So, 14, I want to start a podcast, but I'm also scared to share my controversial opinions. Should I use an alias? Well, let me say this. What isn't, let me, let me ask you this. What isn't controversial? Because, because again, you have to realize there are, there are uh, circumstances 
where it's like everyone has controversial views. Pro-life, pro-choice. I mean, you know, you know, you name it. Legalize marijuana, don't legalize marijuana. Lower the voting age, keep the voting age where it is, or raise the voting age. You know. Drinking, you know, legal, you know, legal age for drinking. Stuff like that. But any, the point that I'm trying to make is that there's a bunch of stuff that is controversial. And so what I'd say is you shouldn't be afraid to voice your opinion. Yes, it can. Yes, it could affect your, um, it could affect your, your life. It could affect your potential employment. But here's the thing. One thing I love about what I do is that I'm able to look at myself in the mirror every single, you know, after every single time that I do this, and I can feel good knowing that I spoke my mind. Because there are some people who will sell out and they will not, they'll say what, you know, what people want to hear, and they're just like, man, it's like, I feel like a puppet. And it's like, they can't look themselves in the eye. And it's, it's just, it's really, really tough. And here's the thing. I know people who use an alias. I know people um, in podcasting, in, whatever, in writing, whatever they do. They do have an alias. They have a pen name or, you know, whatever. But I will say this. When it comes to that, there will be a lack of trust. Oh, I, well, let me reel that back. There will be a disconnect between you and your audience because if they don't know your name it's 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 something about knowing someone's name and having an act a real name that you can attach to a person where you feel that connection you can use an alias but it's your 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 fan base your listeners it's going to take time and they you they're really Never going to be able to really just trust you. Because see, here's the thing. I've found, I've found that when you are real with people, they will, a lot of them, once they build a solid relationship with you, they will be real back to you. And I, I'll tell you this. Um, you're probably, here's the thing. From the sounds of it, and from the email that, from the email that uh, you sent me, you sound like a conservative. And I'm, I'll tell you this. There are more conservatives out there than you think. There are people who, you know, who email me and they'll reach out to me. and Because, um, again, most of the people who reach out to me, it's through email. It's almost never through social media. Um, but they'll email me at, you know, ask uh, asksologreen at outlook.com. Um, and they will tell me. You know, they'll be like, yeah, you know, I, you know, I'm glad that you could say the things that you do because there are a lot of things that I, I don't agree with you on everything, but a lot of what you say, I totally agree with. I'm a conservative, um, but I just, you know, saying, saying it is, you know, feels kind of dangerous and I pretend to be a liberal and I pretend to be whatever, but deep down I'm a conservative. So I'll say this. You will find that there are a lot more conservatives out there than you think. Will you get some hate mail? Yeah, but I mean, I mean, who do, who doesn't get hate mail if you voice your opinion? Liberal, independent, 
whatever. I mean, even those who don't talk politics, you know. Stephen A. Smith, Max Kellerman, you know. Dan Levitar, Colin Cowherd, uh, Skip Bayless, uh, Shannon Sharp. You know, you can keep going. They they all get hate mail. They all get told, oh, you're stupid, you're an idiot. Uh, you know, whatever. You know, and it's not just guys, you know. If you're if you're a woman, you know, Katie Nolan, uh, Candace Owens, what you know, whatever, Sarah Spain, just it's just just whatever. So here's the thing. I'm I'm gonna be honest with you. If you're gonna use an alias, don't do a podcast. You can, but your audience is they're they're not gonna feel very connected to you. Because they're going to feel like, okay, this is just a persona. When they get your name and they they can actually connect with you, that's where the beauty happens. And that's where you really make genuine connections with people. Because you'll never be able to make a genuine connection with your fans and your listeners if you don't, if they don't really know who you are. So, okay, that's, that's my advice with that. Uh, let's see, number 15... You said that you've always wanted to get married at a young age. What age do you mean specifically? And why do you want to marry young? So for me, I would like to get married by 25, 25, 26. And then when I hit 30 is when I have kids. Um, Because I would like to spend five years um, of my life. um, I'd like to spend five years of my married life with just me and my wife. I want at least, I would like five years of that. Um, and here's the thing, my wife, my wife will still be, you know, she would still be young and, you know, fertile. Um, cause I mean, women, women are hypergamous. Um, they marry four to, they usually marry four to five years older. So when I'm 30, she'll be like, you know, you know, 25, 26, maybe 27 and maybe a three year gap. But, you know, she'll still be fertile and it'll be good. And, yeah, that's that's kind of my thing. So that's, I just, I, I don't know, I've just always wanted to marry young. And ever since what happened in December, it's even more important to me now. Because I realized, man, I nearly died and I, you know, I didn't even make it to 21. That's really something. So I should, you know, it's something that I've, I've just always... That's that's been the mo- that's been my most consistent desire throughout my entire life from kindergarten. I'm telling you, I'm telling you. From kindergarten Miss Curry's class um Calvary Chapel Christian School in Downey, California. That was the one thing I always wanted from then to now. What I wanted to do for a living has changed. You know, where I want to live has changed, but what I have always wanted, that's the one thing I've always wanted. I've always wanted a family. I've always wanted a wife and children. And so for me, that's just really important to me. And because I want, I want to do it young. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I think I've just, I don't know why I've always wanted to marry young. I just, I just have. I would say, I would say now, after what I went through, um, with my, with my experience, it was, um, 
now I want to get married young, especially because of the, because of what, because of what I went through and just looking at it and it's like, wow, I easily could have just lost my life. So waiting just, it doesn't make any sense to me. Like, it's like, okay, well, and uh, let me put, let me put that in some context. I understand being financially independent. I understand you know, all those things. I understand having priorities. Because those things do matter. You know, I would never get married and then have my wife live, you know, with me and my wife live with my parents. I would never do that. That's just weird. Couples really shouldn't do that unless, you know, a, a huge emergency happens and they lose their home or it burns down and they have to move back with the family. Other than that, you know, you need you need your own place and stuff like that. So I understand those priorities. But I've just, I've just, I don't know. I've always wanted to marry young. I've always wanted to, you know, do that. So that's really, that's really my answer for that. And I think, I think it will, I think it will happen. I think I'm, um, I think I'm on track. Um, yeah. So we'll see. Um, 16, I know your favorite Disney princess is Aurora. Who was your least favorite and why? Oh, man. Uh, who's my least favorite? I would, um, I would probably go... That's this is a tough one. Th- this is definitely Ariel's pretty annoying. I will say this: part of your world that is my song, but I think Ariel's just really annoying. Like she's disrespectful to her her father. Um, you know, she she. Gives up her life as she knows it. She gives up pretty much everything she has and everything she knows for a guy, which really is not a good idea. Um, um, and Ursula, Ursula to me is, is not really a villain. Ursula just says, okay, you, this is something that you probably don't want to do. And she does it anyway. You know, Ariel, you know, she steals stuff and she collects things and, I, I, I just, I, I don't know. I don't really like Ariel. Um, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. That, that would be, that would be my least favorite. Um, that's probably what I would, that's probably what I would say. Um, I, you know what? I would say this. She's not, she's not my worst. She, excuse me. She's not my least favorite. But I can't think of who my who my real least favorite is at the moment. But I can say for sure that um, Ariel is my least is in the is in my least three favorite. I would say. Okay. Um. Seventeen. What is your greatest regret in life? Um, 
I would, my greatest regret in life, I would probably say, oh man, I don't, I don't know. I would, I would probably say, um, having probably, probably maybe high school, maybe high school, I probably should have gone to the high school closest to my, to my home at the time, which was, uh, Norco High School. Um, I probably should have gone there instead of Glendora High because I would have been more involved. Um, I just, I just would have, I just, you know what? I, I won't even say that. I would probably just say I probably should have done more in high school. Cause see, here's the thing. When I was in high school, I didn't feel like I was really missing too much. We had this event called Action. Where it was, you know, a freshman versus sophomore versus junior versus senior class competition. And I, I just didn't really feel like I was missing anything. It wasn't, it wasn't an event that I wanted to participate in. I never went to a school dance. Um, I, I just didn't have that desire. I, I don't, I don't know. That, that was just never me. Um, but I think that there are definitely some possible lifelong memories that I certainly missed out on. Um, I've never been on a party bus. I don't think I ever will um, go on a party bus. Um, you know, asking someone to homecoming or prom or whatever, that never really happened. Um, yeah, pro- probably that. I probably probably should have done more. I probably should have gone to more events in high school. Um, I think that's, I think that's probably what I should have done. Um, yeah, I I don't, I don't know. One, let me say this. One reason I didn't go to dances is because I don't really like dressing up. I don't like tuxedos. I don't like ties. Um, not a fan of dress shoes. Um, and again, I have no problem. I, it's not that they're horrible. I just, I don't know. I, I, I just... I don't know. I just, I like being casual and I like, you know, you know, jeans, um, you know, nice iron jeans, um, a nice top, you know, just, I, I don't know. It's just those, those events never really sparked anything in me. And I, you know, I would always look forward to hearing the stories of what happened, but I never wanted to experience them for myself. And I, I think, I think my addiction during that time, I think that certainly had a, had an effect on those desires. Um, yeah, but I, I would say that's probably, I'd probably say that that's my biggest regret. Just not, um, going to more events in high school. Yeah, but you know, it is what it is. All right. Uh, number 18. Uh, you hate smoking, but would you date a girl who had all the qualities that you wanted, but that was her only main flaw? Would you date her? Oh, wow. 
see, here's my thing. Smoking to me is, it's just nasty. Like, it's just, it's just gross. Like the smell, like the smell of weed, cigarettes, um, you know, cigars. I, I just, I, I don't, I don't like it, man. It, it's just really, really nasty. And it's a real turnoff to me. Um, but it, if that's her only, if that's her only thing, everyone, well, let me be fair. Everyone has a, everyone has that one thing that you really just wish you could change about them. But if she had, if she had everything else that I wanted, I would I, God, I don't want to jinx myself. I, I think I would give her a chance. I think I would go on a date with her. Maybe two, but I just, I look, I look at it this way. If I, it's just, it's just a real turnout to me, man. I mean, I, I, I look at it this way. When someone, when someone smokes, I don't care how good looking they are. Um, I've known, I've known, you know, just drop dead gorgeous women who are, you know, they look good and stuff like that. And like physically, they're just, in, they're just incredible and just great to look at. But then I, I find that they smoke. And to me, it's just like, man, I could not care less if you were standing there naked. Like, to me, that, like, that's just how, how repulsive smoking is to me. Now, let me say this. If she was, if she was a smoker and was trying, let's, if she was a smoker and was trying to quit, I, and she had all the qualities that I was looking for, I certainly would give her a chance. Definitely. I would definitely do that. Because see, here's the thing. You're not, you're not going to find perfection. It's, it's just not going to be there. And that, that's what matters. Cause some people are saying, you know, I've known, I've known guys and girls where they just have these ridiculous lists of requirements. And I'm like, you're going to, you're going to die alone. No one, no one can meet that. I mean, you got, you got pages long. You know, you have just pages of requirements. You're just gonna you're gonna die cold and alone. You're gonna have a lot of regret. So, if if that was her, if that was her only flaw, I would say that I would give her a chance. But I I would I would say this. I would try to do whatever I could to help her quit. But there would be a time where I would be like, look, I just I can't I can't. Cause see, here's my thing. When it comes when it comes to kissing, it's like okay. If I feel if I feel repulsed in kissing you and I I try to find ways to get around kissing you, it's not going to work. It it's just it's just it's just not going to work and I that that's not I don't I don't know, but I would 
I, 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 I'd go on a couple dates with the girl. But that would probably be about it. If she was, if she was a current smoker. But, and I mean, I mean, what, and I mean, when, when it says she had all the qualities you want, that, that's what I would mean. That's the only way she would get a couple of dates with me. Cause she would, she would need to have all of them. Cause that, that's just how gross smoking is to me. Um, but if she was in the process of quitting, I would, you know, I would, you know, give her, give her, you know, a few dates. Um, we might start, you know, we might become exclusive. Um, but after that, I don't think, you know, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. It's really hard to say, but I do believe I would give at least a couple of dates. That's what I, that's what I think. Okay, number 19. Would you ever date a celebrity? Why or why not? Well, I mean, define celebrity. Because, I mean, there's local celebrities. Um, there's national celebrities. There's international. Um, would I ever date a celebrity? Why or why not? I could never see myself dating a celebrity. But, I mean... It would, you know what, it would depend. It would really depend on what kind of celebrity we're talking about. Like that, like that would be a factor. It's like, okay, why are you, why are you a celebrity? You know, things like that. Um, I, I mean, I, I guess, I think I would. Um, yeah, I, I think I would. Um, not to not to profit off of you know her status or anything like that um but i mean there there are a lot of celebrities who are you know it's like this like hillary duff like hillary duff to me is just so amazing because here you have a nice good-looking woman who's you know she stayed under the radar you know, she's quiet, she's doing her thing, she's looking good, she's got married, she has kids, and her family's just doing their thing. If it was a celebrity like that, like it was an actress like that, or a model like that, I would totally do that. Why? Because they're just down to earth, and they, they mind their own business, and, you know, the paparazzi aren't everywhere. Because, see, here's the thing. When there are celebrities, there will be paparazzi. But there are some celebrities who get more paparazzi and more press coverage than others because there's there's always something going on in their life. You look at Hillary Duff. She kind of she pretty much just stays out of the news. Daniel Radcliffe stays out of the news. Um, Keira Knightley stays out of the news. Um, you know, just things like that. Like that's what I would look for. But I think I think if I can't really actually see this happening. Um, I mean, I, I, I might, no, I, I would, I would, I would talk to him. Definitely. I would, I would, I'd see where it goes. Um, and I would ask myself, you know, do I think I can handle it? Cause you know, one thing I look at is like, okay, the Kardashians. And that's one thing where it's like, I'd be like, no, because I just couldn't handle that kind of press coverage. I couldn't handle that kind of scrutiny all the dang time. Um, but, the, you know, there's different levels of celebrities. And I think that's one thing 
that people have to look at with the Kardashians and the Jenners. Because those are those are A-listers. Those are A-list names. Not everyone, not everyone can handle that kind of, you know, that kind of status. So, you know, it would I, I, I would date a celebrity, but I can't really see it happening. Uh, 20. You claim to hate double standards, but do you have any in your life? Be honest. You know what? I, I, I do have double standards in my life. And I try... I can't think of any off the top of my head, but I will admit that I do have some. And I do try to remove them from my life. And I try to be consistent in my own life. And it's hard. It's not easy. Because there are some things where I'll do them. And then it may be like an hour later, a day later, a week later. And I'm like, oh, dang. Like, I'll like I'll have a, a flashback or something will spark a memory. And I'll be like, oh, dang, that wasn't, that was kind of hypocritical. Um, that was a double standard right there. So I do have them. Currently, I can't think of them, think of one off the top of my head. But I certainly do have double standards. I, I will say this. I don't have a lot. I don't have a lot. But um, what I do, the, the ones I do have, I'm mindful of. And I try to get um, rid of them. And it's an ongoing process. So that's the end of um, the, that's the end of the question. Those are the end of the questions. Those are the top 20 ones, top 20 questions that I've received. Um, again, you guys brought the heat with the questions. Great questions. Um, I'm probably going to do this probably every 50 episodes because um, I'm getting more and more interviews with um, a variety of people. And again, you guys, there are some great ones just coming up. So you guys are really, uh, really in store for some excellent content. Uh,